right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. The idea that UFOs exist, are real, and possibly have non-human origins, is now, it appears, gaining steam in the officialdom of our mainstream media. Though many who have invested themselves in the history, research, and persistent anecdotes that are ubiquitous in the literature up to present day don't find this particularly breaking news. What if the real story had to do with the fact that these so-called UFOs are not what they appear to be? What if some of these objects are sentient, conscious entities in and of themselves? One individual who says he's had physical contact encounters for years and have actually been on the craft multiple times says there are UFOs that are in fact organic. Barry Littleton joins me to discuss the reality of sentient UFOs and explain that if we could even begin to understand how these craft truly operate inside and out, we would have to immediately redefine all method of how reality works and quick. So buckle up, we're about to get an experiencer's view of what UFOs really are. Mary Littleton, it is always a treat to have you grace our presence here on Higher Journeys. And I think I've lost count as to how many times you've been on our show, at least three or four times. But uh, either way, it's always a pleasure to have you, particularly now in the midst of all that's going on with this thing we call the UFO or UAP phenomenon. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, let me formally welcome you back to Higher Journeys. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Alexis. It's good to see you again. And thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm really astounded to be back, to be back and um, amazed and appreciative. So thank you very much. The pleasure is mine and ours. And I know our journeyers love you. You always have so many dimensions to add to this uh, very enigmatic phenomenon we call the ET contact and UFO phenomenon. I thought it would be timely to have you on to talk about a bit. We're going to get really, really organic. That's going to be a little bit of a hint as to where we're going. Conversation about the reality of certain craft UFOs and UAPs. But I thought it would be timely, Barry, because we're right on the heels of what is being considered a landmark report, landmark in that you typically do not see such things on shows like 60 Minutes, in which they are starting to talk a little bit more in the mainstream with a little bit less of the chuckle factor about this landmark report unclassified report that uh, U.S. Intelligence Committee within Congress is mandating be delivered to them in June about what uh, our governments, our government in particular, knows about the reality of UFOs and UAPs. I want to quote Bill Whitaker, who did the story. Uh, by the time you all see this, it, it will have been a couple of days. It aired this past Sunday, where he's, he's interviewing Louis Elizondo, and I'm sure many of you know that name, who's been uh, quite uh, vocal with his uh, his admission on uh, what he knows about this phenomenon, where Bill Whitaker says, you know how this sounds? It sounds nutty. It sounds wacky. <laughs> and Luis Elizondo basically says, well, it's real. At least what, whatever it is we're, we're monitoring and have monitored, uh, it's a real uh, phenomenon. We just don't know what it is. Okay, fine. But I had to take that quote 
Barry, and juxtapose that with what you're about to share with our audience in terms of if you think just the reality of UFOs and UAPs sounds UAPs sounds nutty and wacky, listen to this. Barry, take it away. What are we going to be talking about today? Sentient? Sentient uh, spacecraft. Sentient vehicles uh, of extraterrestrial, interdimensional, multi-universe type of nature. That's what we're going to talk about. And it's something that, I don't know, for whatever reason, at period of time right, right now, people really want to talk about this and it's coming forward a lot. And this also involves the organic nature of these crafts that I've been talking about since the beginning. So I think um, the awareness of actually what we are dealing with in more of a broad, to expand our parameters concerning contact, the contact modalities itself, as Ray Hernandez calls it, needs to be really expanded. And this involves this, which is living sentient craft that involve a symbiotic relationship with the, the, the experiencers, the contactees, the crew members, the planets thereupon, that's what we're dealing with. So anyway, but, you know, we can always go back to worrying about this 188-day uh, dis disclosure that it's, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be actually vague or actually candid. Um, I think it's going to be a waste of time. I think they're going to, what, show us a couple more pictures of UFOs over the ocean. That doesn't, they're not, they're not really going to give anything in containing or concerning true contact. What's been going on here for, you know, since the beginning, thousands of years, it's a shame to me that it takes ancient aliens to really broach the topic for people to get into this and be realizing what environment in the planet that we live upon. That it appears to be some type of laboratory, people incarnating without soul memory, life, soul life memories as immortal souls. There are a lot of issues here that are not addressed by our population. So anyway, um, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'm going I think too far off. I think it's important that you draw that line of distinction because, you know, I woke up this morning and, and immediately had this question that I wanted to ask you. We're talking about two entirely different conversations, really, two different worlds. You are, as, as much as you are of your experiences, like all of us, you live in the mainstream and are certainly aware of the discussion or lack thereof that's going on. How do you, with the experiences that you've had, we're going to get into that a bit more, even though it's not the first time he's talked about it on the show, but Barry, how do you reconcile this massive, forgive the cliche, divide between, you know, I think Ancient Aliens does a good job. Shout out to the History Channel and, you know, if any, they do, but, but let me, let me just finish this. How do you reconcile what's in the mainstream and the experiences that you're having, or do you? Well, um. I will say this, as far as contact is what I experienced, most of what I learned in the mainstream and heard, especially back then, researching that from childhood up, was not accurate, all right? It was, not, the, the, the contact phenomenon was nothing like what I was being told media-wise, and I still stick to that now. Only now do we have things like, for example, uh, Ray's CCRA Foundation, they're doing real scientific research on thousands of experiencers, contactees, in-depth research, that's a whole different thing. Taking those surveys and the people that are doing that and what it's showing that the media did not. I think it's very important. Like for example, the amount of individuals like me that have had positive contact. I was not, it was of no sexual connotation. There was no 
uh, probes, none of the stuff you hear about so much, all right? And that uh, doesn't want, I don't all want to discredit those that I've interacted with now that are quote unquote whistleblowers or something's happened to them, something very dark concerning their contact experiences. That's very real. So I'm not trying to take from that at all. But I represent another faction of people that have stuff that have happened that's non-military related. And it's stuff that's been going on here a long time. And it, I'll just say this, and I mean this honestly, that I'm in a point, please understand that I have no interest in saying, oh, I'm Barry Littleton, I'm a contactee, please believe me. I don't care about that. What I'm interested in have been for the pro for the beginning why I came forward was to start talking to other experiencers to especially get more involved with the scientific community, both of which I've been allowed to do. It's been a true blessing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think it would go this far, but that's these are the things that will move us to a type one civilization. And to finish up what's gonna happen, what they're gonna expose, fine, but it's not gonna be the intricacies of what we really need. And we don't see those things until they come from the lab, until they pop up in our houses as standard appliances. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We don't see the back engineering that's going on and stuff that comes from experiences like myself and many others. You know, I've been saying since the beginning of the show we've been doing together and the beginning I've been talking out that I was convinced that 80, 85% of our population has had contact. And now I'm, I'm sure of it. The amount of people I've been allowed to talk to that have, I mean, that you don't see speaking at the conferences, that we don't see doing interviews, but have this extensive knowledge and these incredible experiences that we all have to start networking. And that's the real awakening. That's really how we become a type one civilization, go a step forward, which has obviously existed on this planet before. But that's another topic. <laughs> these are really powerful things that you're saying, uh, Barry in terms of, first of all, the 85% of the population you believe may be having experiences. And you know, some of you know that I did a, a whole lecture on the idea that most of these encounters may be unconscious, at least much of them. I'm gonna stop for a minute because I'm getting an echo, I think, on your side. Let's see if it stops as soon as I mention it. Okay, sounds like it just stopped. Got a little echo. I hope you guys didn't interrupt your... your uh, listening to us. Anyway, continuing. We're dealing with technology. Um, yes, I concur that there is definitely something very curious about how ubiquitous this is, as quiet as it's kept. I want to stay with the juxtaposition, however, for a minute between the mainstream uh, conversation that it actually has become a conversation and the real deal in terms of what's going on with the experiences just for a minute before we leave this and then launch into the real uh, mind twisting stuff <laughs> you know it's very interesting the way and you can almost predict the way this is being positioned in mainstream in terms of really just sort of giving the public a taste of the fact that this is being taken seriously this idea of ufos and UAPs, not one bit has been mentioned about the quote unquote occupants. I, I get they're having to be ultra conservative because they don't want to uh, let on too much about the bigger picture. I mean, obviously it seems like the approach that they're taking with this is uh, this possibility that this is just uh, heretofore unidentified technology uh, held by uh, 
perhaps adversaries that are human. That is sort of the inference and in how they're positioning this. I think they, they probably have to. But Barry, how much do you think they really know about, and I know this is a, you know, this question has been asked many times, about beyond the fact that there's stuff that's defying all of our physics and all of our technology. All, okay, we know that. Beyond that, how much do you think some of our official sources know about maybe what you're talking about? Oh, extensively, extensively. Even in the time, probably since you and I have been conversing, I've mentioned what? That there is a fungal component to these craft and that we can correlate that with actually mushroom themselves and mycelium and things like that. And now, since then, they've announced that they're trying to build structures on Mars and the moon that will be made of mycelium and a type of a fungus, a mushroom. And long for years now, they've been using that type of a compound to fix infrastructure of like bridges and roads in mm -hmm. cities. So this is something that I found out in childhood when I touched one of these things inside. So it's, it's things like this that I think have to be factored in that they know and beyond that, that it's just coming to light. Things like metamaterials, things that these 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 technologies are being used. Whether it's back engineered somehow, whether it's from crashed vehicles or just some type of a collaboration they have with these what's going to be lower vibrational ETs. I mean, you can see that by the way this world functions. Right. I want to I want to cut in for a little bit just so we don't lose the audience uh, for everyone out there. What we're talking about, where we're moving in this conversation is the idea that at least some craft that we see, that we experience may not be made of what we think. We think in terms of, you know, this and metal and and tangible uh, uh, uh you know, inanimate objects that are operated like we operate a vehicle. What Barry is, uh, what we're going to be getting into in this conversation with Barry is the idea that the craft, some of them may in fact be organic and conscious in and of themselves. Let me just level set here so we don't jump too far ahead. But now that you know, this is what we're talking about. This is not the first time this conversation has happened, but it's come to my attention again. I've done some recent research on it and I think it's fascinating. So this is the question I guess that you're answering that some of these same sources that are just slowly dripping this information to us about the idea that there's something that they're not familiar with that exists. You're saying that they absolutely, at least some factions know that uh, what we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, just an example to keep so everybody will stay up, up, up speed so I don't seem completely off base. Uh, something I had recently did a video on, which was, uh, I think it was about six months ago, they had released this it's scientifically and in the science community, they released something metallic glass. And when you look at what actually metallic glass does and the properties it has amorphous wise, it sounds a whole lot like what the original Roswell material was said to do. Not before all that balloon stuff got involved and all that, what the original people said they handled that material, what it was doing. It was very much like what this amorphous metal is. But see, we don't hear the ufology communities talking about that. You know, but that's something that's about to enter our world now. You can order it on uh, on Amazon, I believe. So that's just, you know, one, one thing like that. That's what I mean by when things come into our daily lives, 
that we actually pay attention to these things that come from somewhere else. You know, maybe not all of it is technology that is strictly human ingenuity. Can you explain what this material that you're talking about, just what you just mentioned, a more um, material that you mentioned, what it is? Uh, it's well, it's just metallic glass. It's like a well, it's 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 a uh, it something you can like grab and crumple it up and then let it go and it re- re- reassembles exactly like it was. It holds molecular structure different. Mm-hmm. And when the way it looks at when you look it up, it kind of to me looks like. Uh, you know, I'm a movie weirdo, so I liked uh, Terminator 2, that metal guy on there. It kind of looks similar to that, but actually, it, it actually, just like the Roswell stuff did, it would crumple it up and then let it go and it would reassemble, just go back to how it was. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is, but it looks very unique also. Anyone can look that up. It's called metallic glass. It's very interesting, you know, but it's something that comes out that it seems like I only heard engineers talk about. You know, and they so you can order it in Amazon. So you can type it in on Amazon and mm-hmm. <laughs> order you some metallic glass. What would what would we use it for? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> no, you tell me. <laughs> I think more to the point, what are they using it for? You know, mm-hmm. and but when we look at what some of the things that were relayed concerning that cry that crash, and I kind of steer away from talking about the Roswell thing because it's so overdone to me. But when you actually look at the real reports, that's something that's popped up in our technology that appears to be similar. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it would be, I saw in one of these crafts, something that looks similar to quasi-crystal technology and also um, some type of fiber optics that was connected within also. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with something that's just, you know, it's, it's different. That's almost, we're dealing with something that might be more of a neurological nervous system for some type of a craft. I love it. Beautifully said. A nervous system. Again, something that has the ability to think, to move, to uh, make decisions on its own with or without quote unquote occupants. Let's get into some of the materials. Now you you brought up the crystalline sort of aspect. Uh, The fungus or fungi. uh, When we talked about this offline a, a week or so ago, you brought something to my attention that I never really thought about. And that is how, when you think of fungus like a mushroom and the possibility that that organism may be used, the technology that even lives within the fungi that we see growing on trees and in the grass may be used to power some of these craft. And I immediately thought of shiitake mushrooms. What do they look like? What do they look like? Isn't that the melanin dominant mushroom? (laughs) Is the dark? Isn't that that one, or is that the chain guy? That kind of looks like radiotropic fungus. I'm not a mushroom aficionado, but I'm just talking about the shape of certain mushroom and how they resemble what we have come to know as our classic flying saucer. We talked about that the other day. Draw a nexus there, if you will. Well, there's a four four way component as it was relayed to me by these beings that is, was on the ship I was on. One is that we're dealing with metals that are from planets that are devoid of Van Allen belts and atmospheres, and the type of radiation, solar radiation they observe ab- absorb from whatever sun is unlike anything I think we know here. That combined with a type of a 
crystalline technology, crystal crystallography that's similar to quasi-crystals, that what I'm seeing our science uh, starting to breach, breach right now, okay, along with a fungal component. And it's like a mushroom type of fungus component included with DNA from the crew. And that accounts for how the DNA is symbiotically connected to the craft itself. And also in some way, in terms of Kundalini energy or the powers, orgone energy or the power source as well. So, but that's the fungus part. That's the component that makes this, as they explained it to me, this compound is then grown in space over what we would call a black hole, which I think really when talking to people like Rudy Shields that have gotten the data from the black holes and actually read the data from the observatories and dealt with that, the black holes are not at all what we think they are, but that's also a different discussion. So, but wow. anyway, they're grown over these, grown over these. And that's why the engine itself is what we would call temporally displaced. Why somebody who's on board when it's craft physically, like I was, gets very sick. This temporal aphasia, mm -hmm. the closer you get to that engine, that's one of the effects, kind of like a Doppler effect of some sort. I don't know. But anyway, um, does that answer your question or did I, concerning the, the mushroom part of it? But when dealing with when dealing with this and that being the organic component of the craft itself as a space organism, when it comes to a planet like Earth, it will have a symbiotically, it has connection with the planet through the tree system. And, you know, it's funny you see the weird movies years ago like Avatars taking, dropping little stuff about trees in that way mm -hmm, and the absolutely. root system. But in reality, these craft that are organic, they would deal with the tree system like the internet. And you can see that on this planet by looking at the relationship, the symbiotic relationship, the trees have with uh, mushrooms right now. Mm -hmm. It's very obvious. And more things than that, without going too far, I've talked a little bit about the deep biosphere of the earth. When we get away from the admiral bird thing and kind of go more into scientifically what's been discovered the deep biosphere of earth that contains like 95 percent of the earth's bacteria that's been undiscovered but it's like an ocean down there so if you have a craft that is alive and you see these going into the ground mm -hmm. as often reported not just craft going into mountains but craft going into the ground and into the what water are they doing? where are they going yeah into water too that'd be a perfect way usos but these are ways that they could be communicating also so we just have to get more into the organic component mm -hmm. when dealing with a living craft and we'll go further into that if you want what i think it's like to be on board one I want to get like into that. I want to get into that for sure. But I definitely want to comment on the, the, this idea of symbiosis that you bring up that I, for the longest time, have felt, uh, I, as I've said, sort of euphemistically, we have we have skin in this game, meaning that there and I, I don't know that I really even understood the the the. the degree to which we may have skin in this game or the planet. Could it be that these entities, I don't want to say are f just feeding off of the planet and its natural ecosystem, but maybe using aspects of terra firma here to power, create even, and sustain what we call these organic craft. Not just the mushrooms, the fungi, the trees, uh, you know, the, the, our very magnetic field, electromagnetic field, and us as also another source of electromagnetic uh, energy, 
It seems like every natural part of this planet, including us, somehow plays into what they're able to pull off. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, I mean, I was going more where in the deep biosphere, it's called the uh, dark microbial uh, microbial matter is what they're calling those the, that bacteria. And it's very interesting because I've taken that and tried to kind of tie that to what's actually in the black holes themselves as far as life energy itself. But um, when dealing with the planet, I think what you're describing and also thinking about the inertial drag frame mm -hmm. that the planet produces, that makes something called closed timelike curves, something that they're obviously using and manipulating the time fields on this planet for their benefit as far as uh, accessing our timelines. And there's a lot of talk about that right now being the Mandela effect, which would really technically be a time shift is what people are feeling. And it is there's some part of the universe that is editing timelines, editing the timeline and where do the different timelines actually flow from like a core matrix, a core part, where do they, where does it come from? And when we start feeling these time shifts and this deja vu type of feeling, Notice how they actually, these time edits would, as you and I had talked about, they kind of coincide with solar activity, extreme solar activity. Of which we have, start, have lately. People, yeah, people start hearing buzzing, start getting deja vu. Some of us are aware of these small time markers that indicate edits in our timelines. Something's going on. If you really look at the... You're taking Research this to a whole nother level, dude. You're taking this to a whole nother level. And, you know, I, I always say at the beginning, let the conversation go where it needs to go. We started talking about sentient UFOs and it's connected. Now we're talking about the editing of the day-to-day -day reality that we are living. I'm going to stop again because I keep getting hearing my voice and coming through your speakers. I tell you what. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break because I need Barry to go run and get some headphones because I keep getting feedback here. So let's take a quick break. And uh, on the other side of this, we're going to go deeper into this Mandela effect time shift timeline edit thing. Be right back. When you start to ask the question, it unfolds the fabric of space itself, how it's made. What is it made of? not alone in this universe. We never have been. Alien intelligences have cohabited with us on this planet for millions of years. We inherited the obsession from the Anunnaki. Anyone that still thinks that we're the ones that are obsessed with gold does not know enough about the true history of our species, how we came to be here, and the conditions that brought us here. We are not unique in this universe. Extraterrestrials do exist. We are, so to say, the copies of them. All right, y'all, we're back. We're going to try to fix this. We hope we fix this little echo problem. You know, we're dealing with technology. So again, bear with us. Hopefully you're not hearing anything on your side. Now, let's get back to the juice. So we've kind of morphed from like these crafts tend to do from one 
aspect of this enigma to another. Now we're talking about you, and I want you to go into this a little bit more, this idea of time editing, time shifting, jumping timelines, and some of the physical symptoms, particularly of late, that may, that we're feeling that may be indicating that this is going on. Now, y'all have heard me talk about the ear buzzing a la the white noise in the ears, which many of you have said to me, Alexis, I'm having it too. Are you intimating, Barry, that these are all connected, including uh, this sort of erratic sun uh, activity that's been going on lately and how this all folds together? Yes, yes. Yeah, you've got got two two factors involved with that. One is the um, time control technology that truly exist in the private sector on this planet in many countries, that's very real. And we don't pay attention to that until it comes into the house. Explain that though, explain that for me. Explain that for me, for the audience. What what do you mean when you say that? Well, time control technology and things such as, uh, for example, Dr. Ron Mallet from Connecticut, he tried to make uh, a time device that involved uh, using lasers to do what's called super propagation of data, which is basically sending superluminal uh, propagation of data, which is sending data backwards in time. That's something that they're they're trying to do right now. So that's very much real. All right. Now, when you start dealing with anyone that might be trying to mess with timelines and send information into the past, that's one possible way, whether it's by Morse code or whatever. And then you've also got things that are time reactors and different types of time technology that's been made and produced that just we don't know about because it's not in the in the house yet or in the in the mainstream. But some of these uh, create effects that would be similar to people like that are sensitive can pick up that would be similar to a, um, a deja vu, like a type of a Doppler effect. That's just one of the things. So that's one that's one possible that's one time issue we have and this goes into also what are a lot of extraterrestrial contacts have talked about which are you have certain entities that are trying to go back into the past and change the timeline trying to Hmm. change the history that we're going through now now let's take that and combine this with natural phenomenon that all these time these time line these time streams they may run coexisting instead of being alternate and all this other stuff. I think they're coexisting, but they come from somewhere. Their their origin in the universe, where does the time come from? And there's something in there that is also doing these time edits. Like perhaps, so say like that that woman, uh, Star Tour says, I kind of agree with her. She talked about that she thought there was a nuclear war that happened here. And that there's a time edit that keeps going back again and again. And this, that, that'd be a time edit, like a reset. Now, that makes me curious. And I say why, because my personal experiences, I, as many experiences I'm sure have, ask these beings telepathically, what's going to happen in the future? And, you know, they never would tell me anything, never give me any visions, but they would show me the past and say, what's not going to happen again to this planet? So the bad things have happened here, all right? So is there some type of a reset? And certain things happen and it keeps bringing us back to the threat of one of these maniacs creating a nuclear war here. That's coming up again and again. So is that a time edit? 
And those of us that are sensitive enough to check the time markers, things that they're calling the Mandela effect right now, and these feelings or like you and I talked about, like you might drive by a crib, you've been driving by for years, and then all of a sudden it's just a different color. You're like, man, how'd they change that overnight? And these little weird things that you're, you'll pick up. It's more than just, I think celebrities is too frequently emphasized because you have ones like Mandela effect or the guy that, that sung for that group, uh, Journey, when I was a kid, I remember hearing he had died. And mm -hmm. that guy's not, not, not dead. And these things or the guy that was on Barney Miller, uh, Abe Bogota. Mm -hmm. I was hurt. He was dead like two, three times. Okay, I just died a few years ago. Larry Hackman is another one. Oh, there's so many. And not just the celebrities. I was just talking to someone the other day. And of course, Cynthia Sue Larson is all over the idea of Mandela effect from a quantum perspective. But uh, things like uh, what what is in your side view mirror? What's the writing that's in your side view mirror on the car? What does it say? Objects? You mean? Oh, you mean the the in the rear in the rear view mirror or the, the uh, side view mirror? When, when you're sitting in the passenger uh, seat, objects may be closer than they appear. Well, apparently, it's it never said may. Objects are closer than they appear to be. Things like that, editing of words, editing words in the Bible. The what lays down with the lamb. The what lays down with the lamb. Go ahead. Well, I'm asking you. What what, no, what do we typically ahead. hear? The lion no, lays down okay. with the lamb, and apparently <laughs> it's never okay. I got you on that one. I, I yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> apparently, it's never been the lion lays down with the lamb, but the wolf lays down with the lamb. The bottom line is there are way too many of these to ignore and 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 basically attribute to false memory. We've got something else going on. So what you're saying is that these could be those points of demarcation where the, the timelines are literally being edited and changed. Yeah, and when that happens, it seems to go in conjunction with solar activity, extreme solar activity. And when That's people right. start feeling, feeling, hearing this buzzing more, feeling deja vu more, it happens more during the solar cycles, mm -hmm. the solar activity. Just, just noteworthy, you know, like even... Um, Things like 9-11, that happened on a solar cycle, I do believe. Mm -hmm. There was high solar activity at that time, you know. Lynn McTaggart has done some extraordinary work on geo the effects of geomagnetic storms in terms of psychic ability and really kicking our psychic capacity into gear uh, versus, I think it was psychic, the receiving channel and the, and the uh, sending channel differ depending on the intensity of geomagnetic storms or the time of geomagnetic storms. I'm speaking a little out of school, but I think you may be onto something. Now, let's bring this again back to this po these possible sentient craft coming in, or we'll call them sen sentient entities, and the time period we're living in now. Barry, I I've talked about this before, and I'm trying to get each of my guests that are in the space to lend their, their feeling about this. We're living at this time of intense everything, including enigmatic phenomenon, like what we're talking about. Do you feel that these timeline edits, the presence of these craft or these entities showing up in the last 14 to 16 months, are these all connected? Yes, definitely. And then you can see, 
the false narratives that come out behind that. Like, for example, one timeline I've seen for years is that uh, you have major, over several major cities, you have one of these motherships show up all at one time for just a couple of minutes. And it just changes things consciously. Once you have an experience like that and almost like a Star Trek first contact type of thing, just seeing it and feeling the crafts themselves. But now that's been infiltrated with, oh, there's going to be a fake Asian invasion, alien invasion. So people are dealing with that. And the fact of when we start dealing with, okay, that truly these craft, the entities, the Makos, black holes as well, operate the same as brain waves, as in a brain wave consciousness type of a way. So the, when we are saturated, especially through the mainstream with grays, reptilians, secret space program, all that stuff, okay, which are a factor, yes, but I mean, you can't almost hear about anything else. And for those that are having contact they're through the brain, they're saturated with this information. It can interfere with these entities that are trying to contact you through the divine field. We are mm -hmm. that strong, definitely, in projecting things. So it's just something to be aware of. And I'm not discrediting anyone who's had negative encounters. I know that exists. Talk to too many people. My heart goes out to you. But we have to address the other factor of it as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So do you feel that there are warring factions between entities, those that have benevolent intentions and those that have malevolent? Oh, definitely. Look at this planet. I mean, this planet has every example of you having galactically a somewhat angelic faction that is white clean, sent to this a planet, a place along with the criminogenic factor that is also white clean and sit to a planet also. And the criminogenic factor outnumbers the angelic by quite a bit. But the angelic, those of light, is just enough to keep the place going, to keep it from being totally destroyed, to stop from humanity as totally forfeiting its custodianship of planet Earth, which I think is what is almost about to happen. And trust me, there are a whole bunch of other factions that'd be more than willing to come in here and be the custodians of this place. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to keep it real, all right? This is a place where, you know, half the time, let's, let's, let's be really real, and my work has shown this a lot, especially in hypnosis, is how many souls don't cross over here when their physical body perishes. They keep moving around, they're trapped here in darkness, trying to jump on other people that they can perceive merge with their it, them through negative energy, it, through negative behavior patterns. This is real. And that's something that, you know, I hear so many people talking about, oh, entities and reptilians around people. And, okay, maybe, but they're not talking about the, un, the earthbound souls like you and I that don't cross over. There's a real problem with that here. Mm -hmm. I would dare tell you, tell you, that the earthbound spirit population here is nearly as numerous as the earth, as the living. And I'll shut up. Cause I'm, we're, we got, we're talking about earth. Craft. No, I we're, we're talking about organic craft and I'm, we're, this is going somewhere else. And well, I feel like it's my fault. So I know it's not your fault. I think all of these things are connected. And as you, as you bring in all of these elements of the largely unknown, going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation that you won't hear on 60 minutes, likely, 
uh, it's important that we cover all these things because there is a connection here. As I'm listening to you, Barry, my thought is, you know, the first thing I, the last thing I want to do is place blame on any one entity for all of the weirdness that's going on. But you have to go back to this idea of this massively intelligent, whether benevolent or not, something that seems to be toying with terra firma and homo sapien sapien and has been forever. And it seems like there's even more of an uptick. So it is all connected, including maybe the earthbound souls. You say that's well, a problem here versus. Well, well I mean, well, I mean, it, it just definitely is a problem here versus anywhere else. It's a problem right here on terra firma, as you say. But, you know, it's interesting because when dealing with research like um, somebody that I like a lot, Preston Dennett, mm-hmm. you know, he, he did a whole thing that was correlating UFO sightings to and extraterrestrial encounters to cemeteries and graveyards. Talk about that. And, and you know, I, I did a video over kind of just telling people they should check out what he's saying. But then the people started contacting me and telling me how many people like people saying, well, I've had encounters and they were somewhat dreamlike, which cannot be dismissed. All right. When you have a dreamlike, when you're dealing with beings from another density, another dimension or another universe, their pattern of enfoldment can only match us so much sometimes, if that makes sense. So the dream experience will stop somebody from having temporal aphasia like me, okay? And do about to throw up, which ends the experience altogether. Mm-hmm. I've seen people on board a craft one time, twice actually, where they're, they're, they look, not, not, they're not glowing, but they're almost transparent. Mm-hmm. They're people, but I can kind of see through them. Mm-hmm. Like some of the some of the beings you can, and then some of them are physical. So it's a matter about this pattern of unfoldment. But guess what? Those people that were about to touch that engine in their spirit form or dream body or energy body, whatever people want to call it, they weren't holding their stomach like I was. They weren't about to fall over like I was. So that says something about the experiences that happen in that realm. I don't discredit those. All right. So. Okay. Sorry, 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 I don't yet, know. Yet another, yet another very interesting thing. But I want to go back for a, a minute to to the work of Preston Dinette and this idea oh, of the sorry. craft flying uh, over cemeteries. Why? And then maybe we can come back to what you just said because it's all important. You're just this is like a a stew of all sorts of stuff. It has to be when you're having a conversation like this, Barry. Don't apologize because yeah. it's that. You know, it's that convoluted. But let's let's talk about the, the 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 sightings over cemeteries. What are your thoughts on why that is? One is we have some of these beings, especially I think the higher ones, like I've dealt with, or a higher vibration, a faster vibration than us. Some of them are probably trying to get us to remember our soul life memories. Remember, as immortal souls, we incarnate here mostly devoid of soul life memories, and fragmented at best. You know, so so a lot of them, if a soul has not crossed over, some of these crafts, some of these beings may be happening, helping the soul energy, the spirit energy. And then there's the other part. Are there necromancers also that could be that could be going on also? All right. So I'm keeping it 100 with you. That's disturbing. But, 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 yeah. but, but, but nonetheless, when someone like me, OK, when I'm doing something different, I've got a client in like very deep, almost theta. And then all of a sudden, these dead people start coming off them, 
communicating with me and I can even assert when they join with the people, they'll tell you because most of the time they're there and unknown. And I found it as a medium, I found it disturbing at first, Alexis, because I can detect mm -hmm. spirits and earthbound spirits that are on the outside of people's energy fields, but not these that are within their disincarnated people, no bodies that are hiding and manifesting in negative behavior patterns. It's almost like a cognitive behavioral therapy thing. You see it on these spirits that don't cross over. It's, it's, it, it's, it's intense. So how much of this, these UFOs over cemeteries, talked about Preston Dennett, ties into that as much as the dark nature of it, that it could be necromancers that are gathering DNA in order to make clone bodies because we're dealing with negative entities that are thought forms that can only walk around with us if they have some type of a casing physical body for their mm, consciousness. Now that's thought a, forms. Yeah. I did the first term that came to me is simply soul harvesting. I mean, we have these labels that don't even begin to describe what actually may be going on, but I, you know, you have to look at both, you know, living in a, in a world of polarity, the, the, the spectrum of, of entities that are out there with all sorts of intentions, including neutrality, that which is may not be considered bad or good. It just what is what it is, as they say. But yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I, th I think it's probably both. It's probably not the separate things we wish it were because we're dealing it's with both. so many different factions. We deal with something like, um, you know, how many galaxies there are in the universe. It's trillions, you know, and, mm. and what's coming here on the dimensional level, the universal level, it's like all bets are off. It's all sorts of stuff going on here. And this is every example of being a laboratory here. These weird cryptids that come out of nowhere that people see all the time, and then they just kind of disappear into folklore and into mythology. But yet they're seen numerous at one point. What is that? You know, that, that, that that's like some species that's been bred and then taken off, taken away. It's very odd here. So, sorry. We're back, back to organic craft. <sighs> Let's get back to organic craft because we're 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 gonna wind down and then move on over to the after show where we're gonna be talking a little bit more about the uh not just your mediumistic aspects, but uh we're gonna talk about the pineal gland and what you've learned and what you can share with our audience about how to, you know, use that innate faculty that's been shut off for so long, dormant for so long. We need it now more than ever with all the, the shenanigans going on, right? So we're going to do that, just so you all know, on the after show. So please join us well, on the members only section. I, I want to say thank you because people wouldn't know that sometimes you just call me and we talk for like an hour or so and more. And like this interview here is not cookie cutter. None of them are. And that's something I worry about that the interviews I've done, they all seem just the same. But this is information that doesn't get addressed that needs to be. So I want to say thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you on behalf of the audience. I hope you're getting something out of it. And it, again, it's it's our pleasure. We're here on a joint exploration, Barry. And as much as I love my trusty notes and I have all intention of keeping it straight and narrow, I always say, what did I say before we went on the air? Dear God, let this conversation go where it needs to go for the highest good of all involved. And when I say it, I mean it. So I certainly hope that these things, I mean, look at what we've talked about. We've gone from the mainstream reports, what that's all about, uh, the the uh, the different world <laughs> in terms of the conversations that we're having in terms of craft being alive in and of themselves. We can always come back to that. 
to uh, the connection between that intelligence and our own stuff, of which is large, to shifting timelines and edits and, and, and Mandela effects, but it's all connected. To, to craft flying over cemeteries possibly and why, all connected, all connected. Some of it's a little creepy. But it's what it is, right? Life can be creepy, right? But also <laughs> joyous and beautiful. Let me ask you, let's get back to the, let's close off with where we started with the sentient uh, craft. What percentage of the craft that you feel uh, that people are wit witnessing in the skies, of which I'm hearing it's every several seconds at this point, every eight seconds, reported that someone saw something that they can't identify broadly. What percentage do you feel uh, of these craft may be organic and not your typical metal, if any of them are, if any of them are. That's a really good question. You know, I, I would say maybe 50%. Really? And and based, I, I don't know, that's roughly saying that based on a lot of the time, some of these craft or UFOs people are seeing seem to have a biological component. Like let's say such as they perceive to be almost amoebas of a type like that, or like rods, which appear to me look a lot like, if you look at them actually and slow them down, and they look like flagellum. And some of these are like, I think, organisms that they call cosmic critters, energy zoa, things like that, that can also maybe be used by some civilization as craft, but also are like looking at, uh, our sky can be like, you know, the pond scum through a microscope when you see all these different microorganisms. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what some of these may be we're seeing. An example I've given you in our private conversation was uh, the NASA tether incident. Anybody can look that up and see how there's that tether that came across from, uh, came across, come off the shuttle or something, but you see what looked like almost organisms moving around it. And that takes us into also what's called the cosmic water ball theory of these water balls that come to earth and emerge with the amino acids to uh, create life. That's uh, scientists named Lewis Frank talk about that quite a bit. Just food for thought, if nothing else, but it needs to lend us to the organic component and the biological component of some of these that will be seen that could be doing that, or the orbs or lights that people are seeing. Those also have a living component to them as well. So. Absolutely. Term that I recently researched uh, called mitosis or UFO mitosis. Which I find fascinating. You know, there's some folks that are aware of this is a conversation that's happening. Let's just say I'm going to keep it too broad uh, of these these enigmatic objects in the sky that seem to replicate with an identical object, and then they follow a trajectory, almost like a, a, a synchronization. The question becomes: Is there an organic nature to to them and how they're able to do this. Is this indeed a mitosis, a cell dividing, replicating, and becoming identical to the mother? You know, the very term mitosis suggests it's a biological organism. So there we go. You know, I, I did a video a while ago, and I'm going to do another one now based on that word, but I did a video that was over ship um, UFO biological reproduction, how I've been in a room that first of all, the room was so big that it was the size of this craft appeared to be on the outside from when mm -hmm. I saw it. Yeah. All right. And there was uh, like two pieces of technology in there, but I kept feeling like 
this was almost a cargo bay where like another craft could be grown or could be harbored. And we start dealing with the life form. How do they reproduce some of these? Is it a mitosis? I like that. I like that term. Not heard it called that. So I'm going to run with that and probably do a video on that and tie it to the possible biological reproduction in almost a microorganism type of faction that some of these creatures may do. Mm-hmm. Or, but in this case, you've got also, I think, entities that are putting their consciousness into these craft. But if the engine is displaced, that means something near the engine could be a place to grow another one of these. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. I, I, I didn't I, I didn't see a, you a, another craft growing in there. I didn't see You that. just had that thought I, while I you were that in feeling there. feeling that that kind of information comes through. You know, okay. So. I, I can see that. And I don't know if it was you or someone else that mentioned the Russian doll idea of, you know, I think we were talking in terms of dimensions where rather than, I mean, we have this, this image of sort of this linear framework of dimensions alongside each other, just like time is alongside one another, past is next to, to, to uh, present and future and so on. But this nestled idea, dimensions nestled one within the other, suggesting that it's all grows inwardly meaning that the craft could grow inwardly as well. You know, throw throw something else out real quick, okay? Something I had to deal with when dealing with and talking to some of these quantum physicists and astrophysicists, like Dr. Shields, for example, who took an interest in my experiences, especially certain aspects of it. And he and they're not experiencers. They're strictly coming from a scientific perspective. And, you know, it it really changed things when he started telling me, you know, you're dealing with something from another universe. Mm-hmm. And I want to always just say, no, 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 it's another galaxy. And he started laughing. He said, no, that's that's kid stuff. It's not what you're wow. describing. And that's when he started going on to what another universe would be described as. And that is like I would know it as, as right, right near here, even the other dimensions we have here in this this universe are spherical, are based on the spin which is going to be like the proton, the electron, all the way to our DNAs, which is spiral, to the galaxies, which are spiral, planets that are spherical. This is the spin, spherical universe. You're dealing with another universe, it can be based on something different, like the, tekihad, the, the tetrahedron, or the hexagon, like what I've seen, or the cube, or amorphous metals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like something like these cubes I've seen on these craft sometimes can be a way that they're using shapes to transfer life energy, God consciousness, life energy from one universe to another. And that says like when I saw this craft um, and we talked about this on other ships, I made even showed some pictures of it. I definitely have my YouTube channel, these pictures of this craft that looked like it was metal at first and it starts looking like statics over it. And it turns into these, what's called a tripyramidal Merkaba like mm-hmm. these crystal thing floating in the sky. Mm-hmm. And it really, and I'll tell you, it's one thing to know some of this science, but when you actually witness something like that, it threw me for a loop. I'm sure. I was, I was only 18 years old. It really threw me for a loop. I mean, I saw this, somebody else was with me. They witnessed it also. So that type of delusion is not shared, you know? Anyway, anyway, point being this craft did that because it's going to another universal destination in another universe and what i was seeing was the pattern of unfoldment 
before it reaches its destination, mm -hmm. before it makes this frequency jump through this Mako, this black hole thing. Wow. I mean, it, 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 it helps to kind of have a scientific basis to figure out why in the H-E double hot hockey sticks I had to witness this stuff and experience it in the first place. Food for thought. <laughs> if you are not familiar with the story of Jerry Wills and his excursion, I believe it's in Peru. Linda Moulton Howe has done some extensive, uh, well, has talked about his story extensively. In fact, on my one of my shows, uh, Jerry Wills and his, uh, shortly after being married, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but this has to do with this idea of he literally went through a door and not only ended up in another dimension, but perhaps another universe and the voice that explained the processes, the process for, let's just say broadly realities nestled one within the other. It's a stunning story. And if I can find a link, well, certainly the link to the conversation I had with uh, Linda Moulton Howe, I'll post uh, with this interview, but listen, we got to wind down because I know, I, my doorbell is going to ring in a minute. We don't want that on the microphone. So I'm going to say very quickly, Barry, do you have a website yet? First of all, that folks can go to. Yeah. I've always had barrylittleton.com okay. and it, 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 it needs to be designed more. I, I, I'm not the guy for it. I find the tediousness of it horrible, but that, that has the links to my other place, my other platforms on there. I do a lot of stuff on YouTube, just Barry Littleton on YouTube and even more stuff on Patreon. I do a lot of videos and communication on Patreon. Excellent. We're going to put that there because you, I, you know, look, you got so much to share with the world and Thank you. bringing them up to speed, you know, Go ahead and, and watch the mainstream reports. I think it's an interesting unfoldment to whatever degree, but certainly supplement, augment, or maybe let this source of information take the lead uh, to keep you really informed because we need all of the uh, information we can get as well as the experience. So I thank you for all that you do and for sharing some of your very intimate stories with, with the world. So God bless you and thank you for that. Appreciate for it. All right. And as always, we appreciate you, Journeyers. So come on over and join us on Patreon. We're going to continue this conversation a little bit more. But if not, we will see you here next week for another episode of Higher Journeys. Take care.